0: show is keeping up with the joneses
1: welcome to episode 217 of keeping up with the joneses where this week we're talking about feelings again this podcast is made possible by the generous support of our patrons and this week we'd like to especially thank mr will all the way in england for your generous support will thank you for your encouragement and your tireless support
0: thanks will babe What a week.
1: (laughs) Uh, Let's focus on the positives. Okay. So Monday. I'm
0: positive it was a crazy week.
1: (laughs) I'm not one for whining.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: But this was a, I think I'm just frustrated with sickness.
0: Yeah, it's our third week of having sickness in the house.
1: And it peaked this week when MJ and Tia got diagnosed with flu. Yes. And we didn't expect them because you were all negative for flu.
0: Yes, but I don't know if we were negative for flu and if we'd gone back two days later if we would have been positive for flu because what we had ran the exact same course as what they had. Except
1: Tia decided to add in vomiting for just a little bit. Well,
0: she likes to vomit, so, you know, that's just a little bit of excitement.
1: Aside from sickness, we had a good week because Lyle Phillips was teaching in first year. Yes. And you were teaching in second year. Yes. And Jeff Dollar, famed from last week's episode, was teaching at Eminem.
0: so all of that was great that was all great and
1: then the small matter of flooding yes and we're currently
0: (laughs) not us flooding but nashville is under like a flood warning it's been raining for days and days and days and days and days
1: and not only that currently right now we're under a tornado watch what yeah 60 percent chance of two or more tornadoes not a warning but a watch a watch wait which one's less worse
0: I think less worse is the watch, and then the warning is something's touched down in our okay, county.
1: Okay, so we might have those terms changed interchangeably. Or Don't let us educate you on no.
0: tornadoes. We've only been here 10 years.
1: <laughs> we're we're not under the serious one. We're under there's favorable conditions for tornadoes until 11 p.m. tonight. Oh, good. Okay. I didn't mention that to the kids, because I didn't want to freak them out. Good idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, well, one of the side effects of the floods was Wednesday nights, all your classes got cancelled. Grace, they did. I'm doing the finger thing a lot.
0: Look at you. (laughs) Um, Yes, we we ended up canceling again, which kind of sucks because that's two Wednesday nights Mm. that have gotten eaten out of an eight-week course.
1: The other thing that happened was Friday, all the schools got canceled because of the flooding.
0: It's true, but on Thursday I got to drive to Atlanta. Talk about that. Okay. I drove to Atlanta. I had to go to the Canadian consulate to sort out some passport issues. And so I got an emergency appointment. So I left at... 6 a.m. 6 a.m. And drove through rain and fog and some of the craziest fog I've ever seen through the mountains uh, to Atlanta and uh, went to my appointment.
1: It was a long day. For you to be freaked out by road traffic conditions is a pretty big deal. It was was raining
0: so hard, and going through the mountains, I hydroplaned twice, and a truck that was beside me, its back end came out from behind it and then got sorted out. But it's like, it was crazy. Well, I'm glad you made
1: it back. My my
0: hands were cramping from gripping the wheel uh, when I got home.
1: The benefit is Friday, because we were all off, we had a much-needed family day. We did. And today is Saturday, and uh, I'm technically in pajamas. I only had a shower. As you made me have a shower before we got on the podcast, but I've been in pajamas all day. In fact, my lower half are all pajamas. This is the beauty of having a desk right here. I, too, was
0: in pajamas until about two hours ago when I decided that showering and doing my hair would look better on video than the look I had going on.
1: That's our love for you right there.
0: There you go. Our main topic this week is all going to be about feelings again.
1: Well, that's because we got... A lot of feedback that people really, really enjoyed the feeling episode. I don't know if it's because you talked more and people like hearing you talk or it. whether it was just a topic in hand on feelings, uh, but we got a, one piece of feedback. Remember how we talked
0: about people your... People had feelings about our feelings? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, this is good. You're going to like okay, this. Okay, you don't okay. know what this is. Yeah. Remember how we talked about your addiction is TV, ne- like Netflix, like zoning out, and I uh-huh. commented how I gave you an observation that when you play Zelda, it looks a little bit different. And then I made a joke about I might just be codependent with you about not having Zelda as an addiction. <laughs> yes, right? yes, yes, yes. Well, an anonymous listener wrote in and said, uh, I really love their episode. I love that you guys were talking about feelings. I've just started my own feelings work with a counselor or with a therapist and they told them something about Zelda and this is what they said and I quote, I wanted to mention that, this is from a listener's email, I wanted to mention that interestingly, Zelda has also been my de-stressor of choice. Something that may be helpful for you to know is that my counselor explained that doing two-handed activity is great for lessening stress because it uses your right and left sides of your brain. So playing Zelda actually de-stresses without checking out or turning your brain off. So yes! cool. Knitting is great too, FYI. <laughs> so you mean no. you could be knitting instead of playing no. Zelda? I'll take
0: Zelda any day over knitting. Well anyway, I, I tried to knit once.
1: I thought that was interesting. It
0: was not distressing for me. No. I wanted to like poke my eyes out with the needles. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> so people want to hear about your feelings. Well, I don't know.
1: I think people really liked hearing about your feelings and your journey into it. But somebody did write in and say, hey, I'd love to listen to AJ's journey. I'd love to hear a little bit more about Alan's journey.
0: Well, not to say you were a robot before, but...
1: <laughs> potato, lumpoid, <laughs> and robot. As a high word of affirmation person. This is the abuse I live under. Send help.
0: Aren't you going to cut out the potato line? <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, I'm going to help you.
0: Okay. Well, I'm not saying you're a cyborg. I'm right. just saying you're not like you know, like super emotional. Are you 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 weren't super emotional unless it was negative emotion and then <laughs> and then it would come out against your will at times. <laughs> okay. You know. It's a beautiful
1: description. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's I remember we have a we have a friend called Elena. And she's one of our friends who's highly in touch with her emotions. Actually, Elena's been on the podcast before. We've had Elena. Uh, a come of on. Times. Yeah, I'll put a link in the show yeah. notes to when Elena was on. So Elena's this amazing, creative, beautiful soul who's fully alive, totally in touch with her feelings. And I remember we were having dinner with her and her husband, Blake, who's also been on the show. And I remember at one point watching her emote. And I remember me thinking... I'd like to be able to do that. And I remember reaching across the table and said, I put my hand out on the table and said, Elena, would you lay hands on me and pray for me? Because, to emote? To emote. Well, I, I like watching your feelings, which was kind of a turning point for me. And I'm not sure where that was on my journey of of getting to know me. But you you would be right in that I would say that you and I were both fairly more cerebral than we were engaged with our hearts. Yes, Mike, you tell stories. What movie did you go to? where you told everybody in the theater to suck it up?
0: Titanic. I went. I went with a whole bunch of people from our youth group uh, when it came out, and there was like eighteen of us in a row. And of course, they're all crying at some point. It wasn't yeah. even when Buddy was drowning or anything, you know. Oh, spoiler! Sorry. Um. Hey, they drown in Titanic. The in. Who knew? <laughs> um. But it was some other point, and everybody's all like, <laughs> and I just leaned forward and went, oh, suck it up, would you? It's a movie So in the middle of the theater.
1: I don't think I was as shut down as that.
0: No, but i that was also a long time
1: but ago. But yeah, my go-to move was not was not my feelings. And honestly, I probably thought, I probably publicly just said that was my personality, but probably privately, I had deluded myself into thinking that was spiritual maturity. Right? Because I saw a lot of people, their feelings didn't actually serve them well. All of their feelings just got them stuck. And yeah. I kind of pride myself that I never got stuck.
0: I heard the best quote about feelings this week. Oh, please. So Shannon shared this quote, and I don't know where she got it from, but she quoted it as being from someone else. So yeah. we'll have to figure that out. But she said, feelings are like children. You can't put them in the trunk, but you also can't let them drive the car. That's Very good. So don't put your children in a trunk. Or let them drive a car. Or let them drive a car.
1: But I remember actually doing um, some ministry with our friends Chester and Betsy Kilstra. And they they rather slyly just said, Ellen, it seems like you've matured yourself out of needing Jesus. And I was Ooh, like, what? Wow. And they're like, well jesus it says to pour out your lament upon the lord and it says that he binds up those who are brokenhearted and heals those who are crushed in spirit and it looks like uh you never have any laments and it looks like you never you never allow yourself to be brokenhearted. so just wondering what need do you have for jesus and i remember like being i don't know, I really have an answer right uh... but i just thought well i thought this one thing about like being kind of reserved and You know, not stoic, because I know stoic's bad, but kind of reserved and maybe intellectual and logical was a good thing. And they were pointing out, like, no, 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 you're you're hiding from your feelings. And they didn't actually say those words, but that's kind of what they were pointing at.
0: Yeah. So fast forward to you go to Sage Hill and you start seeing your counselor. Yep. And the main reason for you going to begin with was just to be like, hey... I don't have a whole lot of feelings about... It
1: was less about that. Remember, <laughs> it was after my dad died. So yeah. my mom and my dad died within a two-year
0: period? One year.
1: I think it was two years. Okay. I think so. My mom died, and that didn't affect me that greatly. I think... That sounds careless. I don't I don't mean it didn't affect me greatly. Obviously, I was very sad my mom passed away. But what I mean is my, we knew that my mom was dying... We got lots of warning. We got lots of closure. We got to fly over. We got to say goodbye. Uh, you know, it it was known. Whereas my dad was just one day, we got a phone call. He's had a heart attack and he's dead. So yes, there wasn't yes, much preparation. Yes, yes, yes. And I found that my dad's passing affected me more than my mom's passing. Now, I don't know whether it was because it was my dad or whether it's because both my parents have passed on. Who, Snowball
0: who knows? effect, right. whatever. Yeah.
1: But what I remember is I remember after my mom died, I went to see uh, one of our staff, Christine Stroop, who's our personal ministries pastor. I just booked an appointment with her and said, Christine, I feel like I'm okay with grief, but how would I know can I just spend an hour and a half with you and you just give me some feedback on what it's like to be with me? And she was like, yeah, I think you're doing good. I think you're not in denial. I think you're processing it, which was great. When my dad passed away, I was aware that I started having what I call feelings without my permission. Mm -hmm. Like I'd be sitting in a meeting, not thinking about my mom or dad, not thinking about anything really. And this kind of dark wave would just come crashing over me. And I would just feel like somebody just pulled the plug on, all my energy and about five seconds later it would pass and then i noticed that i would come home and i was withdrawn from you and i was kind of withdrawn from the kids and i'm thinking uh, i am i recognize i am sabotaging my life professionally and personally i had a couple of interactions which I was really really short where i was like oh, i am not in control of my tongue which is not a good situation so yeah i looked up sage hill which is a counseling practice here in, in Nashville, and book an appointment to go see a counsellor. Mm-hmm. Was sceptical, I think, of it? Because yes. I was so frustrated. Based on what
0: you would say when you would come home. Sceptical <laughs> would be a good word. <laughs> I, Suspicious, maybe? But the whole process feels
1: totally artificial. Mm. Because you go in there for an hour, or one hour out of 168 hours in a week, to a stranger who you don't know, and you're trying to present yourself and you're i'm trying to be the totally best vulnerable. you or
0: whatever you're trying yeah. to be really who. i'm you trying are. to be present with him yeah.
1: but i don't know the answers to any of his questions because he's mm-hmm. asking me what do you feel and i'm like i feel like i want to choke you out because all you do is ask me how i feel how i feel right. and i remember at one point saying to him i said i hate this process because i've come to you as an expert like when i have a plumber come to my house i say i have this problem with my toilet here is some money Please make that problem go away. I
0: love how you just right? made it rain for a plumber. <laughs> make it a rain, baby. Make it a rain.
1: Like, and so the process of 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 therapy is very different. It's like let's be curious together. I'm like, let's not. Let's not be curious at all. Why don't I just speak? You tell me what the problem is, and then we get make it stop. So after a couple of sessions, I just I said to him, I came to you because I think I'm struggling with grief. Do you think that's right? And he said, yeah, but that's not the part I'm worried about. I said, well, what's the part that you're worried about? He said, it's all the repressed grief. And I was like, what's repressed grief? He said, it's all the stuff you're not allowing yourself to feel. Mm -hmm. And so, man, I I thought on that for a week. So come back the next week. and So I jump in, I'm motivated. I'm like, hey, I want to pick up on what you said last week, like this repressed grief. And he said to me, it looks like you spend an awful lot of emotional energy ensuring you never feel a negative emotion. And I was like, huh. And I was thinking, okay, you're an expert. Like, I don't want to shoot you down immediately. But I'm
0: thinking... <laughs> I'll take a little time before I shoot you down.
1: <laughs> well, I'm thinking, that's interesting, but it could be that nothing negative has ever happened to me. And Which he was is like, what you said, right? This is right well, yeah. It's exactly what I said. I just said, you know, I live an amazing life, full of blessing, replete with the goodness of God. I'm honestly struggling to think of a negative thing that's happened to me. And he looked at me dead bad and just said, yeah. I mean, aside from losing both your parents in two years, yeah, nothing negative. And I, that like, that hit me like a ton of bricks, like, whoa. And so it began the journey that I had spent lots of my life perfecting the art of moving away from my feelings. Yeah. I don't even know the question you asked me, but there's an answer to a question you may or may not have asked me.
0: I, at this point, don't remember either. So, you know. Professionals at it's, work. It's going to be fine. It's going to be just fine. So, yeah. So you decided to go to Sage Hill. Yep. And, work on stuff so that you would be more accessible for for me and for the kids and
1: i just be honest i didn't know why i was doing it that sounds like the fruit that happened that is the fruit yeah Yeah. But honestly i just went not knowing what i was feeling and him pointing out that that wasn't actually great and so we'd we'd sit there's like a laminated piece of paper on the floor with eight feelings on it yeah and you can only say what you're feeling from one of those eight feelings and I just, I hated that process.
0: Well, that was how I felt in group when they're yeah. like, how do you feel? I feel frustrated. What's frustrated out of those eight? I don't know. Can you tell me you're the person who happens to know what's going on here?
1: It's yeah. amazing how quickly we move to having somebody else tell us what we feel.
0: Yeah. Well.
1: And that was the thing that he pointed out. I was like, it's wow, you, you're really quick to do that. Why, why do you trust me more about your feelings than you about your feelings?
0: Because I've been a professional shutting them <laughs> down my whole life.
1: Yeah yeah
0: so then in this journey yep your sweet counselor invites you to something
1: can i tell the story about when i brought you yes right yes so i'm in counseling for i don't know
0: five months four months something like that
1: yeah maybe that and i just think i can't even tell if i like i'm so desperate to be congruent i'm so desperate to be an accurate representation of myself, but I don't know the answers to his question. So I have this genius idea. I think I'm going to bring AJ in with me because AJ is a pretty good lie detector. She'll let me know if I'm not being myself. Plus I feel a little more confident to be me when there's somebody else there who knows me. So I just said to my counselor, can I bring my wife next week? And he's like, you sure can. Do you know why you want to bring your wife? And I'm like, yeah. And I explained that like, I, I just think it'll be, you know, a kind of like a, uh, A a checks and balances thing so great so you walk in and what's the first thing you say
0: that he looks like your best friend in scotland
1: (laughs) which i didn't realize so uh one of my oldest and dearest friends is a guy called glenn and I, I, the way I found my counsellor is I just went on the website and scrolled through and just picked who looked the most approachable. Or
0: picked, who looked the most like Glenn.
1: I didn't realise I'd done that. So Glenn, in my subconscious, I visit you every week, he apparently. He misses you. Yeah. I, I, well, that is not in my subconscious. That's for real. I do miss you. But I just thought that was so funny. I didn't even notice that I picked Glenn. He's so the spitting funny. image. Yeah. yeah. So what was it like in that session? You sitting with me and our, my counsellor?
0: I think it was interesting. You felt like you. Yep. To me.
1: That was good um, for me to hear.
0: And you know, as uh, sparring and sometimes cantankerous as you can be, you know, in real life. So that was pretty normal.
1: I wanted them to meet you because some of the conversations I would relay with my counselor about us, i I don't know if he knew what to think of our relationship.
0: Why? Because
1: he would often call like, you you speak like that to each other. And I'm like, yeah, because I guess we're very, very powerful, direct. Communicators and I don't know, maybe he wasn't used to that. So okay. I think it was good for him to see you as powerful and resplendent and cantankerous and boisterous and argumentative as you are. I, I think that was good, but that was definitely a watermark, a watermark, a watermark moment for me.
0: Okay,
1: having you there as a kind of like a an, an anchoring point. Yeah, which I'm, I'm very grateful you came in.
0: You're so welcome.
1: Plus, my kids wanted to meet him because every week. Uh, my kids would be like, where's daddy? And we'd be like, oh, he's learning about his feelings. And so they wanted to meet him, and, he, you know, he's a very nice guy.
0: Yeah, America's. so he came and met them in the minivan and all that. So Yeah. yeah. So then our Glenn lookalike yep. invites you to start going to group counseling. <laughs> which I think is where more of the magic happened.
1: I would agree that, that that certainly magic happened in our one-on-one sessions, undoubtedly. Yes, for sure. But I would say, for me, it was glacial progress. I mean, who knows? Uh, I couldn't see anything was I happening.
0: I don't think any of us are great at assessing what kind of progress we're making right. with that kind of stuff ever. Yeah. yeah. I we, we My counsel
1: and I reviewed that. I said, Alan, you came in full of denial and just spent X number of months just arguing with me, just stuck in denial. from denial 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 and then you got acceptance and then you know he's uh, he suggested hey i think you should go to group therapy and i was like literally i would rather bathe in my own vomit than go to group therapy which is a really interesting reaction for someone who's never done group therapy yes so you've got to ask yourself "Mm, why is that fear so prominent right
0: and then you came home and told me
1: i came home and told aj (laughs) babe he wants me to go group therapy and you said
0: oh hell no (laughs)
1: are you allowed to say that as a pastor i don't know my health in the bible so
0: uh, i was like wow better you than me i'm not going to something like that that's awful yeah how'd that work out well i I didn't go this week i was in atlanta
1: (laughs) no but you've done group therapy you've done weekends of the stuff
0: i have and and i'm joining next week to try it
1: alan and aj in group therapy we are your podcast hosts
0: We are learning to feel our feelings and be comfortable with them. But going to group,
1: yeah, I kind of resisted. And then I basically, here's what I thought. I just thought, I am paying an expert to tell me what to do. I'm an idiot if I don't listen to the expert. That's true. That's what I said to him. I Mm -hmm. said, I don't want to go.
0: Do you know what I'm an expert in? What? When I need back massages. And dude, tonight is your night. (laughs) That's
1: all we have time for this week. Thanks so much for tuning in. We're going to go upstairs. (laughs) <laughs> i have that on tape so no take backs uh-huh. okay so now i'm not
0: gonna be able to concentrate are you kidding me i said back massages did you hear something else <laughs> oh dear
1: so yeah i came back and i told him All right because you say so yeah i'm gonna go to grip therapy yeah and at first i was like i don't know what i stepped into here's what i realized i realized that i had so orchestrated my life that I never found myself in an environment where I largely wasn't in control. That is not the case when you go to group therapy, you are not in control at all. So I walk in a room full of maybe eight other men who I don't know, You know, just by looking at them, I, I wouldn't think Yeah, I'm going to go connect with those people. And I I was not prepared for the magic that happens in group therapy. Uh, Hands down, the most remarkable thing that happened to me last year, for sure.
0: You're so cute, too, because you get so excited. And then, like, we're on vacation, and you're mourning the fact that you're missing group. And I'm like, what?
1: Yeah. I I don't know how to explain. Like, we've done module one. I think we talked about the, the training that we've been doing with Sage Hill. Module two is about how you facilitate those groups. And I really want to do that because I want to know the secret sauce behind the magic that makes it all possible. Right. But yeah, group group is um is amazing. I describe it as it's the only place in the week where none of my superpowers work. Nobody's looking for my wisdom. Nobody wants prophetic insight. You don't Nobody's have to asked, lead
0: anybody in the group.
1: In fact, if I even try, everybody will punch me right i mean verbally uh i'm i'm not responsible for anybody uh, nobody's asking me any questions for their benefit it, it's the one time the week i am there for me and it only works if i'm there for me in fact if you show up with your denial people confront you on it like crazy did we talk about confrontations two weeks ago i don't think so talk about confrontations in group
0: i don't fully understand what confrontations are there i all i understand is if there's anything that is in the back of your head that won't allow you to be in the moment, then you're supposed to mention right. it. Yeah. Is that what I is that what you yeah. mean? A confrontation
1: okay. is anything that will keep you from being present with a group. Right. So we always start group with um, silence. Everybody share some silence together. Which is weird. Yeah. And then we do a check-in. You've got those eight feelings, like who's feeling what today.
0: Okay. So this, to me, is the funniest part of the whole thing. Because people will be like, I feel sad, mad, angry, lonely, uh, glad, and, you know, whatever the other one is, right? And I'm thinking to myself, how do you feel all that at once, right? Because I'm usually like, I feel glad. Oh, I should pick another one because it's not going to sound like I'm really trying. So I almost always have glad. And then I'm like, uh, uh. I'll just pick one. Fear.
1: No word of a lie. Part of the magic of group is you learn your feelings by watching other people have feelings and name them.
0: Yeah. Well, everybody else in my group obviously knows how to do it because they'll, like, mention... There's eight. Most of them are mentoring fi- you know, mentioning five or six. Yeah. And I'm still at, like, two. I-, I got to three once. I was so proud of myself.
1: <laughs> the other weird thing is, you know, if I was to stop you in the street just now and just say, Hey, how are you doing? you know how are you feeling you probably say fine the difficult even i haven't done this for months now when somebody says hey how am i feeling whoa it takes a while for me to slow down get out of my responsibilities out of my head and actually dial in and like what am i feeling and and the beauty of knowing what you're feeling is you are of course more in touch with yourself and if you're in touch with yourself you've got more of you to share with others we're talking about confrontations, right? Right. So yeah, go through your silence, go through your shared feelings, which as AJ says, is kind of random. It's, it's random. And then your confrontations are anything that keeps you from being present with the group. So the confrontation might be, guys, I just need to tell you, I just came from a really busy day at work. Uh, I've got to make a major financial decision. I, I realize if I didn't say that, I'm going to be thinking about that the whole time and check out and I just want to get that out. Or it could be, I have uh, a confrontation with Bob. Yeah, yeah. So, like,
0: I could confront you for being a handsome Scotsman Mm -hmm. and just say how distracted I am having to do this podcast.
1: That might be weird if it was in Uh a quiet Uh group and you might be asked to leave because of the sexual tension that's brewing between us. Yeah, yeah. But my favorite confrontations... I call them baby confrontations. My favorite confrontations are when things get real and everybody has a confrontation with somebody, like, say, from last week. Like, I have a confrontation with you from last week. Like, I felt like when I was sharing this, it felt like you checked out the room and I just realized this whole week I've been making up this narrative about where you were in the room. Can you tell me whether that was real or not?
0: Now I'm scared to start group. People just, like, oh, confront amazing. each other about whether they think they were in the room. Well... I mean, your group might be different okay.
1: from, from mine. I just made that up. That, right. I mean, you know, and the other thing in a group is everything's confidential. So you can share your own experience, but the story I just told you was entirely made up. But right. yes, there'll be stories like that where people are are...
0: Confronting one another.
1: Yeah. Wow. The beautiful thing is we all think that we've got the best track record on how other people are experiencing us. We're the last people, we're the least qualified people to know how we're being experienced. And when you're in group, people tell you what it's like to be with you. Yeah. And it's, it's vital information. I learn a lot about myself by being in group because people would give you that feedback. And I would okay. solicit it. I would, right. I would want it.
0: All right. I'm back to being excited.
1: It is by far the most powerful thing I experienced last year. But I'm a huge fan of it. A huge fan of it.
0: I think they got that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the
1: interesting dynamics about talking about feelings and group work and therapy is my norm has shifted. Yeah. Right? So everything I'm talking about is totally normal to me. I don't know what it's like for our listeners hearing about this, especially if this isn't an environment you're used to. So if you have questions about the process, or about feelings, or about therapy, or group work, go to alanandaj.com slash ask and reach out. We'd love to answer those questions. I, yeah. I love talking about the whole process. I'm excited to learn more about how it works. I'm ex- I would love to, well, I don't even want to tell you what I'd love to do, because I'll just get all hyper excited. again, and yeah. we've got back massages to dish out.
0: Well, obviously, since I haven't actually been to group yet, I don't know what they do in real group. Not in weekend groups.
1: It's almost identical.
0: Okay. But my observation is that you are much more emotionally attuned to me and to the kids uh, and to yourself.
1: In your face, previous Alan.
0: That's right. And I I see the benefit of it, which is a big reason why I want to go because I want to grow too.
1: Isn't that funny? Yeah. From we both had the most negative expectations and have reaped incredible benefits from it yeah so anyway send us your questions about feelings and about group aj jones is there anything we need to tell everybody about as we wrap up
0: if you want the show notes for this week go to alan and aj.com slash 217
1: i'll put a link to everything we've kind of talked about, like the the training and some books that have been helpful um, in the show notes. And if you want to watch the video that this podcast came from, if you go to alanandaja.com slash support, you can learn how from as little as a dollar an episode, you can get access to the videos from these episodes and also help support the show.
0: Thanks for listening. And we hope you have an amazing week. Bye. Faith, life, communication Tacos and video games Paleo donuts and the kindness of God The things we deal with every day From Franklin, Tennessee They are just like you and me Alan and AJ Keeping up with the Joneses